official. I used to do the announcements. I was student council president. You were. I was. Right? <laughs> I know. It was very was hard to believe that I was president of the school. school. <laughs> That's right. Mayor. <clears throat> Just like, like, uh, like in Back to the Future. Mayor. Mayor. I'm going to clean up this town. You'll see. You're good. You can start by mopping the floor. That's um, funny. So you did the announcements. So I did the announcements. Yeah, so I did the announcements, and I would end every day with saying, like, you know, oh, so-and-so won this award, and so-and-so got an A on their test, or whatever. Whatever the hell yeah. the announcements were, you know. Cross-country took second last week. <laughs> blah, blah, yeah. And then, all right. Those are the announcements for today. Have a hectic day. <laughs> and I, would, I ended them because I listened to Paul on the way to work. That's awesome. They're on the way to school every day. That's awesome. And um, sure enough, like all the kids like thought it was the coolest thing because back in high school, mm-hmm. like, you know, Paul's a little older now. And maybe he serves to more of a mature audience at this point. But back when I was in high school, Paul Castronova was like the DJ. Yeah. Right. That everybody listened to. And then he kind of followed and, all you as you got older. And- yeah. And there was no social media and there was no yeah. technology. It was just like you listened to the radio or like a, a CD. Yep. And we didn't even have CD players in the cars yet. We had to get that thing where you put the tape yep. in. Right. And then like if you went over the train tracks, it would bounce and skip oh, yeah. and you'd be like, oh, so you'd have to I've, everyone in the car would I, prepare for it. Like if we're going over the tracks, don't let the CD skip. I have one of those. Do you really? I, I have a 1999 F-250 with 330,000 miles on it and I refuse to get rid of it. Come on. It's just, oh, she's hopefully not hanging by a thread, but it's close. Is she here today? No, no. no. You can't drive it all the way from Stewart to here. All right. <laughs> I, I was just, that's you know, a, that's I was, a close I was to home. Say that's pretty impressive. That's a close to home. So I can make the call to my wife. Like it's broken again. Could you come and get me? 95 yeah. North Becker road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the, one of my <clears throat> classmates or whatever called into the radio show and you're like, you know, the Dennis Frio at Cardinal Gibbons High School does the announcements every day. He has to have a hectic, a hectic day. Right. So like, he gave me like a couple of shout outs. So I see him like years later. Yeah. This is actually only a couple of years ago now. Back in high school it was a long time ago. So I said, um, Hey, I told him the whole story and he was like in VIP at Tortuga. And so was I, but mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, that's great kid. <laughs> like you don't care. Like I've been telling this story for years. You really don't care that much about it. <laughs> don't meet your heroes. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh dude. Big so yeah, <laughs> so um, I'm going to welcome Captain John Van Dellen to Connected by Water, presented by Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. We are here today with um, a very well-respected captain. And <laughs> no, it's true. Depending on the day of the week. <laughs> well, today and is, if you talk to my crew. <laughs> today, today is Tuesday. It's the day after Memorial Day, and um, you know, a lot of times we been known to have a beer or two on the show but when the singularis program comes to play (laughs) they bring champagne and mimosas so i thank you sir no problem a lot fancier than we're used to dealing with uh we try well we we both of us have to figure out how to open um honestly a bottle of champagne um and you know i'm usually beer and salsa chips you want me to give it a shot you'd give it a shot all right see here point it away so one would assume the paper has to come off first yep Right. And I, I've done this like twice in my life. The last yeah. time on Mother's Day for my wife. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I think um, it was one of my kids' baptisms. I think it was one. The last time for you. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. 
you know, one time we were, my wife and I were hanging, someone gave us champagne, we never drank it. One time yeah. we had those horizontal wine rack in the house. Oh, no. And we're just sitting there watching a movie. And all of a sudden, boom, like a <laughs> shot goes off. The, the thing went off. Like the top of the bottle broke and everything yeah. just like shot across the room. Yeah. Thank God the kids were asleep and weren't standing yeah, in front of that to, thing. I need to keep safer things around the house. Never had that happen <laughs> with a Miller Lite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if it does. <laughs> yeah, Miller Lite don't roll like that. Yeah, no. All right. So we got the we're You're supposed to take all. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I guess I took the whole thing. <clears throat> take the whole thing off, I guess. So. What is this? That's the Vuv. Vuv? I hear I hear it's uh I hear it's the stuff. Vuv Oh John knows. John knows see, I had that is... stuff on my wedding. Yeah, oh you did? Yeah. Did? Yeah. So here's the it thing about John. <laughs> here's the thing about John. Like you see those movies where it's like you got the host that's like an idiot, and yeah. then you got the guy behind the camera who's like really smart and like rolls his eyes at him that's all the time. That's him. No. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. And I'm the idiot. <laughs> And he busts out the kikwa. He knows. He knows. All right. I figured it would be appropriate to have like a so 60 you, bottle. Uh, you want to instruct me through this, Mr. Uh, How do you uh, yeah, uh, just, unwind it? Yeah, just unwind that Should thing. I point it right at John? No. It won't. It won't come out yet. Right, so I'm just going to hold it straight up then. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we'll shatter the, the oh, light up there shit. if anything. <laughs> All right, let me make sure we got a soft spot of like drop ceiling tile here. Right? Don't mind the big water spot up there, John. <laughs> I see it's that. Good. I'm going to call Ariel about that. All right, <clears throat> so I'm unwinding. Right. It won't. I'm it always scared. I'm scared no. at this point. I'm scared. Okay. Like, I so hold I it away. To, like Yeah. All right, anything <laughs> that needs a cage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a closer. There you go. There's your souvenir. Oh, who's that lady? Yeah, who is that, John? I don't know. Okay. Can, we, can we do some research on that? Yeah. Find sure. out who that lady is? There's a lady on the top of the Tliqua. <laughs> Maybe that's Lady if, Mrs. Vuv. All right, if, so. If you don't want it to go flying, you can just kind of twist it with your hand unless you want to pop it. Oh, we want it to go flying. All right. We want it to go flying. Yeah. Here we go. Do it. Do it. I don't think this is going <laughs> to. Let's see here. Are you ready? Ready. Yeah. All right. Got to give it some force. I see that. This is, this you got you might, you might have to like, twist it a little bit first. Yeah. Get it started just a little. Oh, here we go. It's coming. Ready? Yep. Three, two, one. <laughs> Whoa! Bam. <laughs> Look at that. Frosty. There we go. All right. All so right. here. <clears throat> Guest class first. All right. All right. And I will. Are you a mimosa maker? I'm not a mimosa I, maker. You so. pour the champagne and then I'll how, how put much the in? proper amount of more champagne than. than Orange juice. I like that way. Yeah, I think that's that's smart. More than that. More than that. Yeah, I need more than that. <laughs> all, right. all right, all right, good. You're good. Whoa. You're good. All right, all right, good deal. So, Whoa. yeah, watch out for the How, scene. How's this looking? So okay. Pink, my wife says, "Pinky out." Pinky out. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Ooh, that's make sure to right get John. John. All right. All right. So. Oh, you're gonna have to pour Jenny, more. Jenny didn't how want is, one. How is this supposed to go? Is this like wine where you only fill the bottom, or I don't know. I don't even know either. You're the one that runs the bailus. Yeah, well, I'm me. <laughs> here we go. Let's. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's all right. Oh, oh, That's all right. A little bit. We got okay. plenty of napkins around the studio. All right. So we're making mimosas. Yep. We're gonna eat a donut. Very fancy. We're gonna eat a donut. Oh, so gets. That's another thing today. John brought. 
Jupiter is, Donuts. That is something that's always on the bay list. Right? That's always on the bay list? <laughs> Not necessarily the boo, but... So <laughs> I've, I've never Donut. had Jupiter Donuts. I've heard oh, a ton dude. about them. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, it's something we frequent. And More. I got I to gotta tell you... This is, I think this is the first Thank time you, John's actually partaken in our, our little drinking extravaganza on, because he never wants to. He's like, no, I'm taking notes. I'm doing my job. Well, you can take notes. <laughs> All right, cheers, So buddy. cheers. Cheers. <laughs> so here. <laughs> Happy day after Memorial Day. All right. Oh, good morning. That's good. I think I've had like three mimosas in my life. That's delicious. Yeah. You've had three mimosas in your life. You I make a fine have. one, sir. Yeah. That's very nice. Got to be the Vouv and the all-natural orange juice. Got to be the Vouv. <laughs> very nice. I appreciate that. that that's yeah. lovely. No worries, you know, people man. always do that. They look at the bottle like that, Matt. Like, that, that, that changes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I like it when yeah, they that pretend fancy. like you know what you're eating. I want to act fancy I, now. I used to I'm be that Look at that, that, way. that label like yeah. I know something. I used to get all the craft beers and stuff and keep the bottles and all this stuff. I had it in my bar in my basement. And my wife's like, what are you keeping these for? I was like, it's just cool. Like, that's rare stuff. She goes... Just makes you look like a booze bag. <laughs> <laughs> Bottles gone. <laughs> My God. Well, this is a fine surprise, sir. Thank you very much. Good deal. So, um, welcome to the studio. You've been here before. Yep. But you, you, you've never stepped into the fishbowl and threw the headphones on. So, no. here we are. And um, want to talk a little bit today about a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, man. Right? Um, first and foremost... Um, Thank you for coming in and squeezing into the sinks. I know you guys are about to set sail for North Carolina and yeah. head for the Big Rock, right? The Big Rock. Yeah, so, I'm leaving tomorrow. The guys are already up there. Yeah? So, uh, oh, they're already all up there. They're at Bayless. Yeah, they left yesterday, and they're they're there. I'm going to try to make it tomorrow. And uh, we got we got a long work list to get yeah. ready. But When is the tournament? The tournament is the 8th through the 13th is the fishing days. Okay. So uh, it's a four out of six, you know, day deal. Mm-hmm. Fish four out of six. First 500 pounder is a half million. So uh, if you fish the first couple days for yeah. sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hell or high water, we're going. Yeah, wow. Um, but it's just a great, it's a great tournament. Uh-huh. Very family friendly, great community. Uh, it's something I look forward to doing like every year, man. It's yeah, that's It's just great cool. to be in North Carolina, especially after what we all I hear all it's like a big through. event, like a lot of all these people show up from all over the place. And It, it, it is. You know, this year is going to be a little different. The, the big captain's party isn't going to happen. There's a lot of things because yeah. the social distancing isn't going to happen. Um, but all in all, right now, these weeks, right now, the fishing's been really good Yeah. Uh, so far. It, it does tend to slow down a little bit the week before the tournament just because the time frame of the fish moving. And But uh, last year was really good. They brought in uh, like a 914. The last day of the tournament, I think it broke the Big Rock record. Oh, that's right. I remember yeah. that now. You it say was, that. It was crazy. We were all already at the awards ceremony, and they got that thing and weighed it. Like, Holy cow. Yeah, cool. So it was, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And it's yeah. like I said, it's just great to get back at it after, like, the last eight weeks and everything everybody's gone through. And it's like, Man. let's get back some normal. I mean, I just it's kind of happening, though, isn't it? I mean, isn't it? It is. Like we're, it like, is. It, it's kind of weird because... Like, now friends that know friends and family, they're all starting to creep back together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No one wants to be, like, openly, like, hey, we're you know, we're here, we're yeah. non-COVID, and get used to it. Yeah. But, you know, everyone's like, you know, <laughs> we went over to a friend's house this weekend, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like we're all hanging out in their garage, and then he made the comments. Like, isn't it funny how, like, you just, we feel like we're, like, we're in high school now, we're, like, hanging out in the garage, <laughs> and, like, you know, like, they're all trying to sneak around and, like, lay low, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Oh, Where's true. the beer? <laughs> Did you drink Natty Light too? And like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Get the real feel. Yep. Oh my god. 
It's been a long time for that. Oh, dude, I couldn't do it. It's going to hurt you. Yeah, man. So we're like, we're, I don't think we're ready to call it post-corona yet, but, no. you know, no. we're still kind of in it and cases are yeah. getting reported, but testing is up and, and we're that's another it. reason why more cases are showing, which is good because if you, if we want to know who's got it, so who needs to lay low, who doesn't need to lay yeah, low I kind mean, of thing. And, and I don't know about, like, I know you do, but it's just, I'm glad we live in Florida, man. Ooh, I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm super proud of the local government yeah. and the way everything was handled. And just, just, I mean, God, one thousand percent. The media owes uh, Governor Ron DeSantis Oof. a big apology for the way they ripped Oof. him apart into pieces in the very beginning. Don't get it. You know, listen. I got news for you. When it comes to the trusting the Harvard and Yale educated Navy <laughs> SEAL team running you're Jag okay, Attorney, okay. I, I think I'm good with trusting him yeah. over what uh, Joe Schmo that went to Kaiser College and he's got a you know a mic yeah. in your hand on the street. I agree, man. I agree. You know, it says about it. I have a lot of a lot of family in Michigan and just hearing what they went through, and these are like just really good people. They got a good head on their shoulders. They're not out to hurt anybody. They don't want anybody to get sick just as much right. as anybody else. But, you know, I mean, I hear the stories just coming out over and over, like a true green guy. All he's doing is fertilizing the lawn. Fine. Right. He's by himself in a truck by himself. Mm -hmm. And I'm just looking at it, and it's like, it's heartbreaking. Because 20 really years, 30-year businesses going broke, and it's just, it's just, yeah. you, know, you got to really be mindful of the people. Because I know people have died from this, and, and they still are continue. Something's going to happen still. But we got to take into consideration depression, suicide. All these other things, broken homes, mom Absolutely. and dad fighting about money, yep. houses split up. You know, we got to take that into consideration as much as people in the ER with COVID. Mm -hmm. We can't be so one faceted. We cannot because COVID will come and go. But those family problems, suicides, all this other stuff's going to stay forever. I mean, my dad passed away in 2006. I still have issues with thinking about it and everything else. It just lingers with you. So we got to be more open-minded and mindful of, of all of it. Yeah. All of it. I agree. You know, and, and listen, I, I know, listen, for every expert opinion that's out there, there's another expert opinion mm -hmm. that counteracts that expert opinion. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whoever says this and whoever says that there's going to be someone that are, you really got to look within yourself and take care of your family, take care yep. of your own, be an adult, make your own sound decisions. Yep. Right. And, you know, just, just don't do anything stupid yeah. at, at, when it all comes you know, said and done, you know, and for God's sakes, stop arguing on social media with people that have no bearing on your life. No. Right. Because you know what? Nothing good is going to come nope. from that. You know what I mean? And you're going to walk away with that. And all they're going to think is like, you're an asshole. And you know what? They might be right. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, but it's the mimosa talking. It's stuff. the mimosa talking. Yeah, already going right to the brain. But seriously, though, yeah. I mean, you can't do it. No. You, you can't just sit there. And, you know, and I can't tell you how many times I'm like, the thumbs go off, and then I'm like, and I just erase the whole thing, and I walk away. And you know what? I never remember the person that I walked away from or that conversation. The sad thing is, is like. And I'm, I'm a forever optimist. Like, I am glass half full. No, me too. Or, you know, yeah. all the time. And, and it's like, we live in a great place. Mm -hmm. We have a great country. We have great men and women who defend our country. Sure do. We have great private business owners and people who have built corporations. We're smart as a whole. Pretty smart. Even though Florida on the morning news, that kind of stuff. That'll <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get a buddy of mine, Justice. Hashtags ILIF means I live in Florida. Yeah. Every, every time, like, something like that happens. But, but be it. 
Like, the government's got to realize and have confidence in their people. That's true. They do. They do. Have confidence in us. Yep. I mean, it's just like with my employer. Part of the reason we get to do such a great job and have the resources we do is he lets us do what we do. And he enjoys that. Now, if we get out of line or things aren't right, we make corrections and we have meetings and we keep tabs on that. But as a whole, we live in a great place, man. Mm-hmm. We, we do. really do. Good, we do. Good people. And do you think for a minute that there's this one guy in a chair pointing fingers going, I'm making this broad decision across the land that's going to affect all of you? It's like, no, man, they got teams. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they have people sure. that know what they're talking about, oh, know what they're doing. People. Right? And there's one thing that the state of Florida has, too. We have one of the best disaster teams in the world in the state of Florida, because we're just used to dealing with disasters all the time with hurricanes. I mean, so (laughs) he basically accessed that team, said, okay, how are we going to handle this? How do you handle hurricanes? How are we doing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you're talking about a guy that ran Navy SEAL teams in Iraq. And you don't think that he looks at things from the big view and from the top down and says, okay, how are we going to work this? Who's the most vulnerable? You know what I mean? How are we going to handle this? And that, that's why our numbers are so good, because mm-hmm. it was handled the right way. Yeah. And you went right to the nursing homes. You sent the National Guard there. You knew that those were going to be the most vulnerable people, mm-hmm. right? And when you cleared the beaches, you had to get the spring breakers out of there. Okay, no problem. They got to go, mm-hmm. okay? And then you can look at everything from the top. You look at the way we handled it. It yeah. was just a work of art, and, to and be even, honest with you. And even this weekend, you know, them closing beaches and sandbars and things, I'm not opposed to that. Right. That's, there's nothing wrong with I agree with that you. play. And there's, there's going to be plays like that along the way where we're yeah. going to have to do that. And that's fine. Yep. Um, but it's sometimes cal- you can't walk on the grass, man. It's calculated and purposeful. Right. That is it. Exactly. That is, that is what it was, and, and I'm just super happy that we live here. And well, you can't you, you can't paint it with a broad brush, <laughs> no. right? Especially the state of Florida, because we're basically two states. Yep. You know, and and that's another thing that they don't see about him. He's got to manage two states. Come on, man, keep up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Trying. This is. I'm like nervous pouring this. That's okay. All right. All right. Oh. So we're just going straight champagne at this point. All right. Nah, all right. we all still right. we gotta. Right. Here, I'll bring this over. We gotta have this local Florida orange juice. <laughs> Can we talk about Cuomo? I don't know much about him. So here, I don't know much about him, but I want to. I want to bring this, and we don't. All right, how did I get into so much politics lately? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I used to never talk politics on this show, and now I it's like it was Jeff. Like, yeah, it was Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff got me rolling. Jeff Maggio, Lunker Dog, got me rolling on politics. Thanks, Jeff. Um, you know when, when Donald Trump had built facilities and laid out medical beds and all this great things that we thought we were all going to for, be forecast and need, mm-hmm. and then all these people in the nursing homes come in get tested positive for Corona and. Cuomo sends them right back to the nursing homes instead of these nice, big, beautiful beds that Trump had set aside for him just because the whole response for Cuomo was anti-Trump and not so much let's help these people. And that, my I know, friend, I is, know. is is partisan <laughs> blood on your hands. It, it is. It is. And, and, you know, there's all kinds of that stuff rolling around right now. Um, I would, for me, like, because I've gotten it. <laughs> we talk politics a lot. Our friends, yeah, you and I, right. everybody, we're, this is what's happening right now. That's yeah. why we talk politics. Um, but as for Cuomo and New York, uh, to compare New York to other places in, in the country is tough because it's New York. And I don't know if you've spent much time Completely there. Completely different animal. I spent it's a lot a, of time in New York, an, actually. I've never been to New York. I used it's to work in the music business. I spent yeah. a lot of time in New York. So people stacked on tops of people. Yeah. And, and, you know, we walked down the crowded sidewalks. And it's just so crazy. Um, but what I was getting to is is... 
I know that they were testing them and sending them back to nursing homes. I just don't know how much of that actually happened. How much is getting exacerbated on the news? Do we mm-hmm. really know? We're going to know someday. Let's but, hope. Uh, I, I yeah. hope, man. I, I hope, hope so. But, uh, it's going to be like one of those documentaries you find out like 20 years later what actually happened. Netflix is working off the deal on yeah. it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's well, going to be a blockbuster if it yeah, right? alive. <laughs> yeah, New York's its own animal. It I is. Mean, it is. So I would I would hate that job. Do I agree with what they did up there and, and the liberal policies? No, I don't. But again, I try, I'm glass half full trying to be an optimist. Yeah, no, all the right. right. So we'll be positive and, today. Yeah, let's be positive. We'll be positive. Cheers. 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 Let's, again. let's restart this all right. positivity. Let's get rid of the politics. Here. So <laughs> <laughs> please do. Like, come on. No more, no more politics. All right. This we'll is a no politics zone now we'll, we'll at this try. point, John. It can't we'll be. Right, right here. Chip Lamarck is going. 2133. It's no more politics. Until Chip Lamarck comes back on. Yeah. So. Or we finish this bottle. Right. Yeah. Politics will probably come back <laughs> <laughs> What about that Nixon? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the operation with Singularis. Okay. So um, I met with you last week, and a mm-hmm. few of the things we're doing different. You know, recently we sold our the 90-foot Bayless, and that right. went to— uh, God, that was a beautiful boat. Oh, my God. Special. That was a special boat. Yeah, we're like, proud uh, to have done the artwork for that it, one. It, it, you know, um, when the boss and his captain at that time, Captain Jerry, put it to paper and started working on it and worked with John Bayless, it took five years to deliver it. And uh, I'm five just five years, five wow. years to deliver it. Wow. And um, I'm just happy that I got to be a part of it towards the tail end. Mm-hmm. You know, they built it. They did a lot of great things with it. I took over halfway in the middle, and we had a lot of fun with it. And we did, you know, we did really well. And um, it was just an experience of to be able to run something like that as like mm-hmm. a one time, like it's one of those boats that doesn't come around that often. Yeah. Like 90 one, feet, 90 foot custom, <clears throat> no expense spared. Just every, every detail thought out down right. to the silverware and where you put anything, the cork puller at its own place. Yeah. You know, every detail was thought of on that boat. It so. was so clean. It was so beautiful. That salon looked just oh, gorgeous. Yeah. You so. Know, I remember seeing the, the, in the in the bedroom too the wall that went down. There's like the rack of guns. That wasn't ours. That, that wasn't was on yours. Different, different Bayless boat. Yeah. Oh, was it? That we didn't we didn't have we had no gun racks, <sighs> zero gun racks, on singular. I saw that. I was kind of I was a little like taken back. I was like, wow, yeah. that's really. I know. I know there's, there's a few. That's, of them. A, that's an impressive set of yeah. There's a few equipment of them there. On there. Um, but uh, no, it was it was great to just be a part of it, man. Yeah. It was one of those things like. I remember after getting the job, I woke up one morning and I was just staring at the ceiling and my wife's like, what's wrong with you? I just, I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. Cause I knew the interview process. I was well aware of who I was interviewing against. And mm-hmm. these are guys that are, I mean, far better fishermen than me. Like I, I, I think I'm okay, but these are guys like triple crown winning guys in Costa Rica and just really, really great guys. And uh, it, it just worked out, hit it off with the boss and um, it's been it's been great ever since. And, yeah. You know now, uh, uh, Mr. Hendricks Hendricks Racing purchased the boat, and uh, him and his crew are having a great time in Costa Rica with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I couldn't I couldn't be happier about where it went because they're just such a world class deal yeah. too. You know they they set a lot of standards like we do, and it was uh, it was really sad to see it go, but I'm glad it went where it did. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good family for it to go to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very for, good for family. sure. Yeah, very I would say it's family. in good hands at this point. For sure. So for sure. But yeah, those um, Bayless boats are gorgeous, man. It's one of my favorite custom builds that's, out there. That's if and, not the favorite. But. Yeah, and and that goes along with even like being a part of the '90, feeling grateful. Just just being a part of like the Bayless. John calls it the Bayless family and and the yard up there and. 
being able to see firsthand what they do, their eye for detail, the the quality of people they have there. Mm-hmm. It's that's unbelievable, man. Yeah. I mean, you go up to Wanch East, North Carolina, which have you have you been up there? I haven't been there specifically. I have family in North Carolina. Okay. I've been in North Carolina proper plan. Yeah. But. So so you go out to the Outer Banks, which is a long ways down sixty four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just keep going and going, and you run into Roanoke Island, and on the southern end is Wanchies, and you drive through that harbor, and Bayless Boatworks is the first thing you see, and and just being like part of that group of people mm-hmm. is really it's it's awesome, man. It's, yeah. it's such a privilege. It's just such a privilege, and I'm super proud of being able to do that with them. So. Yeah, I, I I think we were talking about it before we walked in. You know, my my six year old, about to be seven year old son, is just definitely shown the promise of being like a an engineer or some yeah. sort of you know scientific design. Or he, he yeah. loves building things. He loves the science <laughs> behind things, and it's just really just super smart kid and gets into it. And I always just kind of rub his head and be like, yeah, that's right. You're going to be the next John Bayless. You should take him up there and just walk down the docks at Pirates oh, Cove and heaven. see all the old sport fish. He's been the merit. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. same thing. Yeah. It's, it's just to, to see that. And I've been a fan of that since I was a little kid. Yeah. You know, I grew up in Byron Center, Michigan on a cow farm. Uh, Where yeah. is that? Byron Michigan? Center, Michigan is southwest of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, and I've been to Grand Rapids. I like Grand. It's Rapids. not so grand though. We we call it medium rapids. Really? Yeah. I mean, see, you know, it's not like see, Niagara Falls or anything. I, no, there's no real rapids. They're rebuilding the <laughs> rapids in Grand Rapids. They, oh, they are. They took it all out. There's going to be rapids there again someday. I don't really? know if their governor will let them build them. <laughs> there's going to be rapids. Where's the flooding happen, happening? Oh, uh, that now. is in Midland, Michigan. That's up. Uh, we're, oh, we're on, doing, on the hand. Doing we're the doing hand. the hand. It's up around here. Okay. Right, right there. Um, so I actually, isn't like Novi and Farmington and all that? Uh, look I around? think that's right right around here, Ann Arbor. Isn't that where you just pointed? I'm, I'm from over here. You're from over there. Like like around there. Okay, like Kalamazoo kind of thing? Kal- Kalamazoo is directly south. South, okay. Yep, yep. So the hand, you always bring out the hand. <laughs> you always bring out the hand. <laughs> so, but even growing up on that farm, and my dad was a Great Lakes boater when I was really young, and I got into the boats and Lego boats and boats, and then we started traveling to Florida when I was really young, and I just always like eyeball like the conch house in St. Augustine was the first place seeing a sport fish boat, mm-hmm. seeing them bring fish to the cleaning station. It's really what got me going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily I, I ended up in Florida a lot later in my teens. And you know, It's a beautiful it life, out. though, isn't it? It like, is, man. You know, just, just not even, even if, like, you don't have to be a captain or a professional no. angler or whatever. Just, just, just if, you, if you look at Florida and just even, like, up through North Carolina and look that whole stretch, like, if you look at all that, like, in the right way, and it, it really is just got so much charm and character mm-hmm. and style to it that you know it used to be written off as campy and but now i think people really appreciate like the value of as our world shrinks and our spaces become smaller mm-hmm. and the people get closer and population expands and everything like that i think people are starting to see the value of those sure. little slices of life like that that, that sure. still exists that are still out there. one of my favorite things is if, if i get to go back to michigan at all which i have some in-laws there and a couple direct family my mom still lives there um i drive down dirt roads and cornfields man yeah up and down the hills dirt roads and cornfields and i just go yeah because it's just it's just something you know obviously we aren't used to that here but it's yeah. the same thing yeah. i appreciate it so much more i yep. was in such a hurry to get out and now i'm like damn i had it Four-wheeling, you know, tipping cows over. I never tipped a cow over. You never tipped a cow? That's bullshit, dude. People would tell me that. I I remember when I went to art school in Sarasota. Well, I don't know how it is now, but back when I went there, there were a ton of cow fields. Yeah. And then some of these little 
floofy, floofy artist people were always just like, oh yeah, we're gonna bring our sketchbooks and go to the cow fields and we're gonna like, <laughs> we're gonna like pop over some cow dung and see if we can find any mushrooms. <laughs> You see, do it all the time. They're like, well, why are you bringing your sketchbooks? You're like, well, in case the cops come, we can tell them we're, we're art school students and we're just drawing cows. <laughs> so they had a bunch of like pre-drawn pictures of cows, like the, before they even went out there. Oh my god! And then so if the cops came, like, yeah, we're just drawing cows for our anatomy class, and Dude, I, would, yeah. I would totally be the guy that. And they were just out there like looking for mushrooms. Yeah. I wouldn't be looking for mushrooms, but I would definitely be the guy that slips in the pile of shit trying to tip yeah. on the cow. Yeah, that's I've been known to slip in a pile of shit from uh, time to time. That's got me <laughs> on a weekly basis. Over it. <laughs> on a weekly basis. How old are your kids? Uh, six and nine. Six and nine. And my son's going to be seven in a month. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, big, right. you know, that number seven is always that watershed moment as a kid. You know, yeah. Where you go from, like, baby kid to now you're, like, full-on oh, kid. I was just staring at my kids this weekend. My daughter, she's nine. Yeah. And, uh. So fast, man. It's crazy. This it's is a nuts. crazy age because, like, it's almost like for dads, like that, for a nine year old daughter, it's like I feel myself like just holding on oh, to man. don't, no, just yep. stop right there that you're perfect. Absolutely don't move. Yep. Stay like this forever because I know what's coming. <sighs> the teen years are coming and all the baggage that comes with that. And, She's already starting to show signs of her independence and yep. all the different things, and I'm just like, no. and you're you're still watching Frozen, you're still like you know <laughs> dancing around, and you're yep. still coloring things, and it's like I love it, yeah, and I'm just scared now. Mm-hmm. I'm just so afraid we're at the tipping point. Yeah, no, it's I'm with my daughter too. Is like she's like I love you, Dad, and yeah, she's still you know Dad's little girl. Yeah, and we do stuff together. This weekend we watched uh, Big Fat Greek Wedding, both of them. Oh, yeah. Which some of it might have been a little inappropriate, but mm-hmm. it's tough to find something that is appropriate that's, it's tough nowadays. But, Very tough. But, like, that type of movie, like, I don't mind if she's, it's 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 warm, it's positive, right. it's, you know, it's a, I love rom-coms. You like rom-coms? I do. Okay. We watched Failure to Launch last there night. There you go. As I was, um, which is funny because my brother always gave me a bunch of crap about that because <laughs> I didn't get married until I was 33. And then um, before I... Before I married my wife, I moved back in with my parents at 33. <laughs> just because we wanted to, like, save up money for a house and everything like that. So I bit the bullet and I moved back in for, like, a year yep. while I was, you know, we knew we were getting married and everything like that. So my brother always kind of gave me crap about it and yeah. called me failure to launch. Oh, you're living back home with mom and dad. Failure to launch. Failure to launch. It's beautiful. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm engaged. I'm like, what do you want? Yeah. Failure, failure to launch. What? Yeah. My, yeah. my wife did that before we got married, too. Yeah. She kind of bailed on her place and went back with her parents for a few months so we could save up enough money to run off to Florida and live the dream. Yeah, kind live of. the dream. <laughs> I drove up. The, what's your favorite rom-com? That new one was... See, listen, set- listen, all right, listen, guys. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this up for you, okay? <laughs> We're drinking mimosas. We're talking drinking mimosas. <laughs> talking about rom-coms. Love it, bro. Keep it coming. With a dude that's twice the size of me. <laughs> Right, oh. that, that John, that's ran a ninety foot Bayless, fishes for blue marlin. <laughs> right, and first. we're talking about r- romantic comedies starring Matthew McConaughey. Ooh, 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 ooh. Have you seen Magic Mike? <laughs> I, I did not watch that. I did not. <laughs> Just want to make sure we're not heading down the wrong path here. <laughs> I that is not my cup of tea. At I don't all. have to drink, eat one of these donuts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Should have brought my smoking jacket today. And, and, that, and that thing in. There you go. Thank you. Um, 
No, it's that one, the new the new one with Seth Rogen and, and Charlie's Throne, where she's the vice president or no, secretary of state. Oh, was that good? Oh, that was funny, man. Really? I'm I gotta check it, it out. Funny. What I think is funny, my wife doesn't ever think is funny. <laughs> Same thing here. She leaves me insecure and second-guessing myself whenever I recommend any movie. Yeah. <laughs> does your wife make you watch romantic comedies, John? Uh, we you watch know them. she does, right? Yeah, we watch yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's your favorite one? I don't know. Oh, come on. You know you have a favorite. Come on. i got to squeeze the truth out of him. He's, he's yeah. going to deflect this. You know that show, uh, what's it called? You. With uh, It's a Netflix show. Okay. Is that but, a rom-com? No, not oh. really. Oh, no. it's a soundless. Sound. All right. <laughs> Go on. I'm trying to think. I don't know. All right. All you right. watched This Is Us with, with her? No. All right. No, no good, I didn't good. watch that. All right. All right. I just want to make sure she we wa- weren't going, she going watched, down the wrong She watched path, that so. and talked to my sister about it. <laughs> All right. There we go. All right. I just want to make sure she All wasn't right. trying to rope you into so, that. If you think about a rom com, just bring it up randomly throughout this conversation. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> so. All um, those like holiday ones where it's like a bunch of oh, I like stories the intertwine. Yeah, like, around Christmas um, time, you watch all that crap and then Love Actually and shit like I that. I watch two Christmas movies, Elf and National Lampoon's. <laughs> <laughs> those are my two favorites. Yeah, you don't need any more. That's it. Got to have the frosty one for the kids with the shitty animation. And everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, from when we were like kids. It's so funny because then like some random Will Ferrell movie will come on and my son will be like, look, Dad, it's Buddy the Elf. <laughs> in every Will Ferrell movie. That guy is funny, man. I saw him in person. Like when I was, I lived in California and I worked for a basketball player out there running a boat and I'd go to Clippers games because he played for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And um, every once in a while you get glimpses of people in the friends and family room and stuff. And Will Ferrell is just as funny in person as he is. Yeah. He seems like he's just always in character. Yeah, he's, 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 I think it's genuinely him. Yeah. I think it's just like one of those deals. Like it's him. Do you think you know? he, he's just schizophrenic and, and there you go. Uh, I don't know, because I think a lot of his roles are very similar to Yeah. He might like, be just putting himself in a role. A lot yeah. of actors do that. They put themselves in the role in their daily life oh, yeah. just so they're I, just seamless when they go on film. I have another friend who is a, a very close, uh, worked for Johnny Depp. Okay. And uh, in the house. And um, definitely some some uh, role playing. Like I can you imagine. Don't, you don't that. know I who's going to oh wake God. up in the morning. <laughs> show I can up for work. Jack Sparrow's in the kitchen. Wow. <laughs> down in a bottle of rum. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Hello, love. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. I, you know, I got to see a lot of cool stuff in LA and a lot of not so cool stuff. <laughs> I bet. I don't know. No, I, I had a job offer to move to LA once, and I just turned it down. I'm like, tough, I, I couldn't. I've had job offers to move to New York too. When this is back in the music days, and I just couldn't. I couldn't live in New York and LA. Yeah. I can't. Can't yeah. do it. No, I'm a Florida boy. At the end of the day, where did you, you grew up? Right here, Cardinal born, Newman. Born you said. Cardinal Gibbons. Cardinal I, Gibbons. I went to okay. I went to high school, Cardinal Gibbons, and awesome. um, yeah. So I, I mean, I remember even a long time ago. I said to my brother, we were sitting in the pool one day. And he's talking about, oh, I'd love to live here, I'd love to live there, and I'm just like looking out in the sky. I'm like, I don't think I could live anywhere other than Florida. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I'm just. Dude. This is just it for me. It's good living, you know? man. Yeah, it's, that's it. I, I see no other reason. Thank you, sir. No, no problem, sir. Oh, oh come on. okay. You can keep talking. Now yes. it is time for the. <laughs> so I I drove up to Michigan once. Okay. My roommate in high school. No, my roommate in high school. My roommate in college. Yeah, I had a roommate in high school. My roommate in college um, was from Novi. Okay. And his girlfriend, who went to that school too, was from Farmington, which is okay. right next door to yeah. Novi, right? It's all like right there by Detroit, Gross Point. Area. Yeah. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were kind of just sitting around watching ESPN, and it was just before 
the Michigan-Michigan State game, and he went to East Lansing for two years before he transferred to this art school. So he's like, oh, man, that's one hell of a week, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, like the parties and the crazy, and it's awesome. And she's like, oh, yeah, we used to sneak up there when we were in high school and for that week and all this stuff like that. And they just kind of looked at each other, and they looked at me like, well, you got a truck. You want to go? <laughs> and we're in Sarasota, so, like, I guess Michigan's with, like, an 18-hour drive from there. Mm-hmm. And um, so we did it. This is before cell phones. Oh, I geez. never told my mom. <laughs> I'm 18 years old. Um, you know, I never told my girlfriend who was back home. And, you know, they how, couldn't find me. How was it? It was one of the greatest trips of my life. <laughs> right? And so I remember um, calling, you know, one of our friends back at, at, at the dorms and everything like that. And he's like, man, you better call your mom. She's like, there are so many messages on your answering machine because he, he had access to our room. He's like, you better call her now. So, yeah, like my mom and my girlfriend were pissed that I just, like, up and left. On the way back. Oh, so I want to ask you about the cider mills because we went out. There were so many cider mills up there, yeah, like man. apple cider. Like, I never knew that was, like, a big the, thing. So, the, we'd, like, apple the, cider was, like, always. I grew up on an old apple orchard. Like, my dad bought it after they shut the land, after they shut it down. So, there's apple trees all over my yard every year. Yeah. Which I got to, like, rake pick up while they're rotten bees flying everywhere that's what yeah really so, but there's a lot of it in fact my cousin her and her husband run a huge orchard orchard cider mm-hmm. whole deal in, in just north of grand rapids yeah so yeah no it's it's a big deal it's good we have some of our favorites it's a great place to spend fall yeah yeah like well Michigan. that's when we went yeah. that's when we went she it's, was like oh my god you're, that's what that's what kind of what yeah. they sold me on they're like oh it's the perfect time of year to it's go the there perfect time it really is we it's surprised his mom she was like oh my god you're here she was yeah. awesome and oh, uh, Rudy Spearschneider and Jen Bomarito. Those were the two people that Jen Bomarito? Jen Bomarito. Bomarito! Every time, every time she walked in the room, that's what we'd say. And Rudy Spearschneider. It took me a while to get that one down. <laughs> you need yeah. to get a donut. You want one? What do you yeah. want? Uh, yeah, sure. All right, what do you so want? I John, what do you I, want? I got a Reese's peanut butter. I think that's Butterfinger M&M's. So this is Jupiter Donuts think, we're looking at for I those of you not watching here. A Heath. Just listening. That's a Heath another bar? Reese's? Yeah, that's a Heath bar. That's a Butterfinger. I'm going to do this one with the M&M's and the... All right. Are those regular glaze or are those... They're regular glazed donuts. Okay. All right. So Just I got. A, I have take. a chocolate frosted donut this with is, this M&M's. This is an experiment. If you choose a regular glazed donut out of this box... I'm going to take the... Uh, <laughs> really? No, well, I'm going to take the Butterfinger one. one. Oh, okay. Right. All right. All right. I'm just... <laughs> there's really no experiment. No, you can't take a glazed there donut when there's yeah. all those other ones in there. Those are last. You bring this to the office. You Thank figure you. out who gets the normal glazed donut. <laughs> I got. I got to tell you, the, John. If they were the, I'm happy that like five or six years ago I quit my day job <laughs> and formed this company. Cheers, buddy. There you go. <laughs> that we're, you know, this is how we roll here at Connected by Water, ma'am. And this is how we come off of a holiday yeah. weekend. We're right. lucky, man. You get I drunk mean, on mimosas and start eating donuts. Yeah. yeah. It's just. Uh, we're super, super fortunate, all of us. I mean, <clears throat> to see where I am versus where I came from and everything else. Like, I, I pinch myself, man. I'm so, just like, I was, crazy. To, I was trying to figure out a way to segue into this next topic. Okay. Um, but there's really no easy way to go about it, so I'm okay. just going to be blunt about it. Yeah. Since you talk about the appreciation for life, yeah, I man. think you might have a <laughs> an appreciation for life mm-hmm. in a perspective in a way that most people don't. Yeah. Being that um, you are a survivor of um, stage four Hodgkin's? Stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, 
I will be in remission. It'll be eight years in September since my last chemotherapy. Wow. Um, yeah, man, crazy. <clears throat> I, so you uh, had a one-year-old daughter. I had a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, a newborn son. And, well, that's um, right. You got the mm-hmm. Irish twins. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and you know, I just started getting sick, and things were happening. And a few months went by, then about six months went by, and I finally. What was crazy is I had a doctor, and um, he was he's a great guy, and I don't really hold anything back. You know, he, he just did his job, and but unfortunately, he he had missed the diagnosis for six, seven, eight months, and. <clears throat> and I could kind of understand because I was still pretty healthy, you know, holding my weight and yeah. uh, active. And well, you're young then, too. Yeah, I was young. I was young, but that particular thing kind of hits people from like mid 30s to early teens, and then it kind of the, the the amount of patients that have it disappear until you get to your 60s, 70s, and then it shows back up. There isn't a lot of people, excuse me, that have Hodgkin's lymphoma between that. Okay. I don't know why. Like middle age, you know. Yeah. Wow. So. Uh, Anyway, I came to found out, find out I had stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. And um, <clears throat> as you can imagine, it was, that was like crazy because you're still at, at that age, you're still like bulletproof. I, was I 30, can't even imagine 32 what goes through your mind when you hear <laughs> yeah. that. But I mean, I, I, had, I had been having fevers every night, waking up, sweats. I lost 70 pounds in three months. My color was like yellow. I was like yellow. I, I remember at that time, my boat was in the yard and <clears throat> the captain on the boat was was going up and down the ladder to get on and off. He's like, man, you don't look good. You don't look right. And so I took myself to the emergency room on Andrews Avenue in Fort Lauderdale. Not emergency room. It was like an urgent care. And this young doctor, South African doctor, who was here doing his residency and, you know, getting used to being a doctor, he took a chest X-ray because he's like, I think you got pneumonia. <laughs> then he came back and he goes, I see all your lymph nodes are blown up. And oh. So fast forward, I went through all the tests, found out I got stage four. And fortunately, I went... I, I hooked up with the Cleveland Clinic in Weston. Dr. James Hoffman was my oncologist, and uh, they just killed it, man. Like, they killed it. What a what an unbelievable group of people out there. And it, it just, um, <clears throat> the experience changed my life. I mean, since then, I still see Dr. Hoffman every once in a while. He's at the University of Miami now, so that's mm-hmm. where I go. The U? The Sylvester? The U, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, Sylvester Center gets involved with the, the, Jim, the Jimmy Johnson crew. Yeah, and, man, yeah. Because obviously with the Jimmy Johnson and, you know, Todd and Val being so tight with the University of Miami, it's, they're they're definitely a big partner. It's in that an awesome, it's an awesome place, and just the same experience I had at Cleveland Clinic, I've had there with my follow ups, and and you know, I just uh, it's one of those things. Till you're in it, you don't know. Yeah. But I'm so much better because I did it. <laughs> like I'm a way better person than I used to be. Oh really? Oh for sure, dude. Yeah. For sure, there's something <clears throat> there's something about it that just makes you your appreciation level, your perspective. And it's sad that it had to come to that, that mm-hmm. it had to like literally be close to dead <laughs> to uh, to appreciate it, uh, the life I had and the abilities I had. You know, one of the thoughts, it was crazy. I was, I was laying at home after a chemo. I would do chemos on a Thursday, and it was 10, 10, 11 hours in the Cleveland Clinic doing chemo. I'd get, you know, a chauffeur ride home, so put me in bed. I would sleep from like dinner time, excuse me, on Thursday until about noon on Friday, because the chemo really doesn't set into your body that fast. You're just a little tired. And then I would go back and get a checkup and a new Lasta shot on Fridays in the afternoon. And then I would go home again when it was, that's when it really started to set in. And I would sleep till about Sunday at dinner time, drink water, sleep. And then <clears throat> I would go back to work 
on Monday for like a half day. And, and depending on how I feel, I usually was back working full time again by late Tuesday to Wednesday. And I would work full time that whole week because it's every other week for chemo. And then I was back full service. I'd work the weekends because I was getting behind because my chemo. So I'd work the weekends and then I'd work the whole week leading up to that Thursday. And as I got better, like I felt better and better. So it's like I'm running up the stairs at the Cleveland Clinic to sit in a chair and then they wheel me out in a wheelchair, <laughs> sweaty, puking. Oh it's God. just, it's, it's, it's a tough thing. So when, when, when I see. When well, it's I like see, everybody's worst nightmare. It, it's, it's just the right? most. I mean, well, that, I mean, you're going to get that news one day. Well, you might get that news. Some of your family, you know, my mom had lung cancer. So it was, you know, that the shock of like maybe losing my mom years before, but she came through it. She's healthy now, been in remission for a long time. Um, but it's just facing something you don't ever think you're going to have to face. Right. And it's just like, you can't avoid it. Yeah. You can't get away from it. And uh, it really makes you choose like half full, half empty. Mm-hmm. What am I going to make of this? When I, Cause I knew, I knew like <laughs> I still had a job to do and a family to support the whole time. You know, we had, we had no family here. We had zero family. Like it was my wife and I, our two little kids, very, very little support. None. The in-laws are up north. My mom, everybody's up north. And um, so it, it built us up and, and it made me, it made me who I am, man. Mm-hmm. I kind of got like a mantra that like I started to realize after it, it seemed like the sicker I got and the more chemo they threw at me, the more like my spirit you know, my guts and everything in me, like, was getting more positive, more you it, outgoing. You and fought fight, it the right fight. way, yeah. And, but I think it's a, as a whole, dude, like, as your spirit dies, as your flesh dies, as your flesh gets torn away and things die, <clears throat> you know, your spirit kind of picks up and you get stronger and you get stronger. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> we see it all over. Right. I mean, 9-11, all these wars, different things, human flesh, it, it, people are dying. And the spirit of America grows. And the spirit of the community grows. And it's so it's like... For me, it became a point where it's like, I just need to live off the spirit, man. I need to take this spirit with me wherever I go and just let that kind of lead the way. Because all this other stuff comes and goes, your health, everything. But you can always keep a spirit with you. See, this is one of the reasons why I was really excited to have you on today. Not to talk about your endeavors in cancer, but because you are such a positive person. Thank you. And I think that that's what the world needs right now. For sure. You know, and I know, and I know we kind of walked away from the whole political thing before. Yeah. Um, you know, I just had, I just really wanted to bring up the, the DeSantis yeah, thing no, in defense I'm of him because I think he earned it. Um, but I didn't want to get too deep into the whole COVID conversation yeah. because Lord knows that everyone starts getting back to work. That's all people are talking about. Sure. And I think a lot of people are kind of over it. Yep. You know, like I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's just talk about normal things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it like the thing you can't run away from it. It's here, you know? So yeah, we got to talk about it at some level. Um, But, you know, I really think that your experience in bringing that perspective into the conversation is helpful to the overall COVID conversation, because realistically speaking, people need to get a different perspective on this right now. Because at this point we kind of know what it is mm -hmm. and we know how it is and we know what to do and what not to do. And it's important that, you know, maybe we do get back to work and we do get back to some sense of normalcy, which obviously we've been back for like a month now, but. <laughs> I've been um, working a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> social distancing, but yeah, I've been working a lot. Yeah, social distancing and, and all that, you know, for sure, it, it all makes sense with, social, with people you don't know. You know yeah. what I mean? If you know the track record of you, know, you of where all your friends and family have been and everything like that, then that that's very helpful to the situation. Um, but the perspective that you have for appreciation of life 
and the importance of, you know, the value of going through that and surviving it um, is, and then coming out on the other side, extremely positive. There's a much more positive human yeah. than you have you claim to be in the, in the past. I, I, I would, I would not be who I am if I didn't almost die. I yeah. mean, I really, I really wouldn't be. And, um, <clears throat> it's, it's, you know, crazy to say that, but I wouldn't be. And, and, and to go along with like the cancer and I mean, you get to a certain point where all your give shits are gone and you can be brutally honest and you can be right. sincere and you can, you don't have fear. And, and this goes back to even more of my background with what I went to school for and where, what I, well, that's believe. what I was going to say. We're yeah. both men of faith. Yeah. So, so the, and the, that, that had to have helped you through yeah, that. No, yeah. for, for sure. It helped me. Cause some people that they, they turn away and they get upset at how could this God happen to me? And, yeah, this right. They, they take it in a very selfish way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, listen, God doesn't ever want you to come down with cancer. He doesn't ever want you to do these things. We live in a world, a world that is, we're flesh, we're human beings. I could get into why we're flesh and human beings and imperfect. Please do. Well, I mean, it goes, goes back a long way to a snake in a tree. Um, But, (laughs) (laughs) but really I look at it as when I come across these things, God's given me opportunities to step up and out and learn and grow and, and, and be more than I was. And, and if you weren't looking at your failures and your challenges that way, you're, you're looking at, everything the wrong way. It's never his intention that you go without or you have, you know, that you get sick. It's, it's really not. At least that's what I believe. There are a lot of people that believe different things than me. That's fine. I respect their beliefs. Um, but another thing that goes along with, you know, getting better from cancer and going through it and facing it and all, it's like, I got rid of my fear, man. I got rid of my fear. You know, like we were talking about in your office, like you would have you would have started this place a little sooner. Or you would have done this a little, you know, different, like because fear holds us back. And 100%. That's, and that's why that's why in, in, in the Bible it talks about like God talks about fear. He says, do not fear. Don't fear. I got it taken care of. Go be who you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, enjoy the freedom that he's given you through his son, Jesus Christ, and go be free because fear is what holds us back. It's what gives us insecurities. It's 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 truly what limits a lot of people out there from their true potential. I agree. And, and, the, and, and it's not necessarily Christian people, Muslim people, whatever. Fear is is what limits people from their full potential. So don't be afraid. Yeah, what's fear worst, doesn't discriminate. What's the worst that's going to happen? You fail. Right. You still wake up tomorrow. And even you, failure can be a positive thing. Failure's awesome, dude. Yeah. Failure is one of the best damn things ever. Yep. <laughs> we fail on a daily basis oh, around here. Shit, Just ask dude. John. No. <laughs> ask my wife how many times a day I fail. Man, no fail, failure is 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 the is. ultimate teacher. It is, it is, you know? and uh, the more you embrace it, and the more that you you use it in the proper way, God, man, you're well, gonna have such a better life. Yeah, failure is how you learn to do anything. Mm-hmm. Failure is how you learn to fish. Yep. Failure is oh, how you sure. failure is how you learn to play guitar. Yep. I mean, how many chords did you miss, and how many times does this sound crappy before you got the DGC down? And when you're first starting to play guitar. I have no clue, dude. Well, I'm just you saying. put these hands on a hey, guitar. These, yeah, these are <laughs> kind of short. They don't really reach, like, all the chords, but I do play. Um, do you? Yeah, I do. What kind but, of guitar? Oh, um, that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I have oh, right now. Okay. I, got a, right. I, I got the ukulele on the wall. Okay. All Actually, right. uh, my friend Ernesto. Oh, I got to tell you about this. My tell friend, me. My friend Ernesto is, um, they have a beautiful home here in Coral Springs. Very yep. nice home in a lovely golf course community. Um, he lost um, his job recently, but okay. you know, I don't want to get into that. But yep. he decided that, you know what, I'm not going, I'm going to start my own business. Nice. I mean, online platform. 
And he goes, we've had, and they homeschool their kids like we do too. Right? We're all in the same homeschool group. And he goes, I am going to, I'm going to buy an RV. Nice. And I'm going to buy a brand new Ram 3500 Dually. Tow it all over. We're going to, we're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, we're going to go. Yeah. He's like, we're homeschooling anyway. Doesn't matter. So we're going to set sail, see the country. So, Teach the kids that way. So not being afraid of leaving. Right. You talk about you facing freedom. your fear and conquering your fear. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm sure they're going to have challenges along the way. You know, and he's like, oh, I'd love for this to be like, we're going to end up, everyone's going to love it at the end of the year, and we're going to want to move on to Europe. <laughs> I said, whoa. Not right now. I said, get past Georgia <laughs> first, buddy. <laughs> Make you it out the of roads Florida. In Europe? Bring your Dodge yeah. there. <laughs> right. Make it out of Florida. And, uh. You know, see how it goes, but oh. but that's great. I admire him yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. You know, because that is that is something that not only for himself because he's a middle aged man, mm-hmm. um, but the intrinsic value that that's going to bring to his for children. Sure. Um, that's going to be an impressionable, the most impressionable moment on their life. Yep. Um, and everything will change for them yeah. upon return. It's good. It's gonna. It's gonna take away things that you know would inhibit, like down the line because they didn't experience that as a child. Like they wouldn't be freed up to do that as an adult. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things like I held back from just from seeing what my parents went through, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things I'm precautious of because of what, you know, my parents, I'm from a divorced family and the way I approach my marriage is way different than what I saw as a kid. Yeah. Cause I want it to work. Right. And it's, it's probably one of the most, it's the best, that's the most precious thing in my life mm-hmm. is, is my marriage besides my relationship with God. And it's, it's like, you got to protect that shit. Yeah, you got to, you, you know, prioritize it and make sure you do that. But but going back to it is no, it's but like it's you learn e- from what you see with your parents. Yeah, and it's easy to let your own ambitions as a man. Oh, yeah. Man, being driven and yeah, and, yeah. C- combat yeah. that whole, okay, no, the priority thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I got to have, you know, the faith first and the family first. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the career for the greater good is my perspective of the family yeah. rather than the career for my fame and fortune and. You know, and selfish reasons, you know, because yeah. when you, especially when you start your own business, right, but you, you could look at it in two different ways. Like, am I doing this to provide for my family or am I doing this to, to provide for my ego? Exactly. You know, because cause a lot of businessmen do get in there yep. for, for that reason, yep. right? And they think it's a game. And a lot of times when you start looking at it as too much of a game, yep. that affects the other part of you that. Get a, you get addicted to that. Yeah. You get addicted to that pursuit. I mean, I... I I, I have to keep myself in check because I love my job. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky I get to do something that I love every day. So for me, if I have to go to work, I'm like, I get to go to work. Right. And my wife's like, of course you're going to work. You mm-hmm. have more fun there than you do at home. And I'm I'm lucky. But I also watched my dad, who grew multiple businesses, franchise companies nationwide, lots of stuff, uh, restaurants and all kinds. And I watched him and I watched how we grew up. And he tried. But it was definitely like <clears throat> him trying to fill something. Like mm-hmm. an, un, an unattainable hole that he's trying to fill up in him because he's got to do more and more and more and work more and work more. And I, as an adult now, I can see that. So I'm aware of it. So mm-hmm. with Singularis and our work schedule, and I got to go to North Carolina for a couple of weeks tomorrow. And, you know, we fish a lot lately. Yeah. <laughs> We're fishing a lot. You know, you got to keep that in check. Yeah. Because uh, you're lying to yourself. If This is this right now, right here, especially with you and I, we're about the same age. It's about what we're going to leave behind. Mm-hmm. It's about who we leave behind as much as it is what we leave behind. So you got to think about that with your family. And I go as far as like my crew, the guys I work around every day, Mm -hmm. you know, I got, 
it's it's been I've been so fortunate. I've, I've got great crew that I've worked with for the past 15 years, and now I'm seeing deckhands that I had 12, 14 years ago. They're running their first boat. You know, I'm seeing like <clears throat> I had a first officer, a female first officer, 10 years ago, and now she's the captain of a 112. And and I'm watching these people that worked with me, and they're coming up and they're doing a great job. And it's like, dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah, like seeing what the trail behind mm-hmm. it. Not to take, you know, not to not to take like, oh, that was me that did that. It's it's more or less just to know, I'm we're doing something right here. Yeah, we're doing something right. The process is working, and it's sustainable. And we're leaving we're leaving something good back there. Too. Yeah. So if you're yeah. in, if you're in the fortunate position in your during the course of your life mm-hmm. to um, take part or be a self-starter in creating a circle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a beautiful thing. Oh yeah. There's a big responsibility to it, <laughs> you know, cause that circle is made up of people for sure. You know, you don't just make a circle in of industry without making a circle of people, No. you know, and it's nice to see, you know, if people can grow within that circle Yeah. in a way you can look back and be like, yeah, I created that, but it wouldn't have happened just by, so it's like the hero's journey. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you ever read Joseph Campbell's no. Hero's Journey. Um, you know, I took a world religions class once when I was during my non-art school stint. Yeah. <laughs> when I was studying marine biology. Okay. Um, but, you know, Joseph Campbell gets into, you know, if, if you see any hero's journey story, there's, this, there's always a path to it, right? Like um, you could take the life of Christ. Mm-hmm. You could take um, the life of Buddha. Mm-hmm. Or you could take... Um, who live very similar lives. Luke Skywalker. If you look at it. Right. Or, or the <laughs> yeah. life of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And it's the same thing. And George Lucas was a well-known and openly known fan of Joseph Campbell. In fact, Joseph Campbell had a hand in the structure of the way Star Wars was developed. That's awesome. Based upon this theory. They were very good friends. Um, but every hero has a calling, mm-hmm. right? Which is a vocational, re- from vocational respect. Um, every hero goes through um, a period of doubt. In the beginning, or they're just like, I don't think I can do this. Then they come to their epiphany moment, and then they have to provide, they have to acquire helpers. No hero does it alone. If you look at every hero's journey, there always was assistance throughout, whether it was the Christ's 12 apostles, um, or Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Chewbacca, and, you know, and they they all had assistance, Um, even Buddha and, you know, yeah. Muhammad, no, they all had assistance mm-hmm. along the way. Yep. And it's important because nothing is going to happen without that. No. You know, the, no one does it alone, I guess no. is my point. You know, but but there are proven theories behind that. So yeah. Well, you're only as good like your team, man, your people, mm-hmm. your people. And, and that's something else that <clears throat> I've been fortunate to be. I work, I work for a lot of people who have built companies and been successful very much in their life. And to see how they structure themselves, to see how they manage us as a boat crew, Mm-hmm. how they handle us on a day-to-day. Um, it's given me just a wealth of knowledge in, in, in you know, I think, leadership, management, mm-hmm. different things that I probably wouldn't have had if I didn't do my particular job for who I do it for. So it's all about the people, man. Right. I'm, I'm only as good as the guys I work with, and I'm only, you know, I got to support them as much as I can and look out for them because mm-hmm. a lot of them are just getting started too, and I don't want them to crash and burn. If you work for me, I don't want you to crash and burn. In fact, I hope someday I see you and you got a better job than me. Yeah. And you <laughs> I know hope what? I'm going into halfway retirement by then. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, right. that's, what, that's what I really want. Um, I don't think there's any room for insecurity uh, in success. 
None whatsoever. None. In fact, it's 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 detrimental. Yep. There's no faster way to crash and burn than that. If you're trying to be successful and be a leader and you're insecure, you're going to hurt people. Right. And you're you're gonna you're gonna do it the wrong way, and you're gonna hurt you know maybe your wife, people that work for you, yourself, yourself, yourself. yeah, yeah, definitely. And a lot of people think also it's just captain in a boat and just driving a boat around in circles, and there's That's a lot more to it 5% than that. Five percent of the job, five percent, two percent maybe, yeah. Drive driving the boat is the small is the smallest part, right? That is that is not the job because you're managing an operation there. Yeah, yeah, especially on an operation like Singularis. Yeah, you know, there's, working for Mister C and the whole thing, and you know. He's, he's, you know, yeah, very great owner. And, yeah, these, yeah. The, the, the ownership's been great, and, and they, they treat us wonderful. I couldn't ask for a better better person to work for. And the team that backs him up and I work with in the office, they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those things. It's just great, man. Yeah. And, like, getting to work with John, you know, we have the 68 Bayless now, which I'm going to pick up from Bayless. Just mm-hmm. about a million dollars put into that boat. It's going to be beautiful. I can't wait for all the new toys and trinkets and mm-hmm. electronics and <laughs> sea keeper. And yep. So uh, it all got done up, and then we have a new build coming with John in three to four years. That one will be out, and then we're kind of talking about doing another build five or six years you know, out from now. So mm-hmm. there's there's plenty of opportunity out there. And, yeah, man, it's good, good times, bro. Yeah. Good times. Bayless is a good boat. I think Bayless is the best boat. I do too. But, <laughs> I mean, I mean we had listen. We had the Plitsky brothers on for the survey, mm-hmm. and uh, we in this you might not know who the Plitskys are, but the, Pl- the Plitsky brothers are probably some of the most well-known marine surveyors in the industry. Fort Lauderdale for sure. They go to Europe, the Netherlands. They do all the Fed ships, the big stuff. We brought the Plitsky brothers, who are used to being in Amsterdam on a eighty-meter Fed ship, to Wanchese, North Carolina. <laughs> To survey the 90-foot Bayless. And they went through it over and over and over again. And they rode on it. And they literally, he said to me, he goes, this is the nicest boat I've ever been on. <laughs> and I was like, well, coming from you. Yeah. <laughs> and he said that. And, and, and just that just is a testament to American-made yep. people that take pride in their work can do anything, man. And that's that's another thing I wanted to bring up too um, yeah. about the, about the custom boats. Um, American made, baby. Yeah, American made, born <laughs> born and raised. Yeah, and, you know, and most of them from this this region of the United States. Um, but you know, t- speaking to some of the audience that doesn't necessarily understand the difference yeah. between like a custom and a production mm-hmm. vessel, because there's a certain amount of our For audience sure. that doesn't understand that. Um, you know, your production boat is like your. Yeah, and nothing against these nothing. fine, fine vessels had, there because they are fine I've vessels. Had, I don't own one, and I'd love to have one. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. like, like a Hatteras <laughs> or like a Viking, yep. you know, those are your production boats where they're manufacturing them off the line and they put them up for sale. Mm-hmm. Whereas your custom boats are your hand-laid, handmade, mm-hmm. um, you know, custom sport fish boats that, you know, you order and you work hand-in-hand with the boat builder to, yeah. to build Specific. a boat. Just for you. Right, just Bespoke, for you. just for you. American-made, all American-made yeah. materials and parts. And, you know, and most of them are made out of wood with fiberglass yeah. laid over, which creates a little bit different ride. But I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I've run plenty of Vikings and Hatteras's. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite boats of all time was a 2002 Hatteras Sportfish, 65. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't a fast boat, but, man, it just sucked them up. Yeah. It, it, like, it was one of those boats. That ta- I call them tailpipe boats because when you get multiples and different things, they're up. They, they follow that thing right up to the back of the boat. They eat the props off the boat. It's just mm-hmm. something about that boat going through the water. You know, that 65 Hatteras was like that. The 90 Bayless was like that. Um, didn't happen to me, but the crew before me, Jerry and Tigger and the boys, 
They were fishing in Costa Rica. Had a quad come up and back. They got three, and they're like, where'd the fourth one go? <laughs> up the tailpipe. Straight up the back of the boat. In the exhaust. <laughs> come on. They followed that close. Thing went wow. right, right up it. Just right. I mean, and that's that has happened with certain. I did it with a 65 Hatteras, too, and down in, uh, we were in Huatuco, Mexico, when that happened, actually. Yeah. So. Uh, well, that was the place you were telling me about the other day. Huatuco, Mexico is like, I love it there. And it's, uh, I shouldn't even be talking. Mecca, I don't, I I don't want to talk about you're it. You're letting the secret out of no, the bag. No, man, no. I, it was one of those places, once people find out it's there, it's, like, going to be mm-hmm. over. It's going to be over. It's north of the Tawanapec, so the season, it doesn't get too bad. Um, <clears throat> no cartel? But, uh, I haven't been there in a lot of years, but I don't know. Mex- <laughs> the cartel weather changes by the month yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> this month it's green. Next month it's red. <laughs> That's crazy. Dude. I remember leaving Cabo and calling one of my buddies who was still there. He's from North Carolina. And he's like, good thing you left. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, there's a shootout in the grocery store parking lot yesterday. I was like, in, I don't know if you've been there, but you go to the end of the marina and the grocery store is like a block past the marina, right right in town, right? Hard Rock Cafe, everything. Squid Row. Sammy Hagar's? Uh, it's, yeah, a couple I've never blocks. Been there, it's, it's a couple blocks from Sammy's place. Sammy's not quite as far down, but um, <clears throat> no, like shootout right in the parking lot. And there's Americans everywhere. <laughs> So, yeah, that's I mean, pretty much like a tourist town, though, isn't oh, it? Oh, big time, big yeah. time. But I mean, there's a reason the cartels are fighting over the corners and the, the spaces, and yeah, you know, yep. un- unfortunately, you know, that's that's why they're there. So, but the cartel, I, the cartel guys just call they don't call them tourists; they call them customers. <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> we're gonna go to Mexico. Yeah, forget everything. <laughs> yeah, literally, take a picture. Yeah, bring remember. some bring some drawings of your cows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. How's that donut? It's so good. I'm going to leave all these here with you guys. Oh, my God. Please don't. No, I am, because I am not allowed to have this stuff. Wow. (laughs) For evidence, I didn't even finish mine. You didn't. I know. I was staring at this thing, and I'm like, It takes a while. John finished his. I finished mine. These things are outstanding. Yeah. Great, man. I'm going to give them. something. So if if, uh, anyone is in Jupiter. Yeah. There's a couple locations. Google them. There is, right? Jupiter Donuts. Go to Mm jupiterdonuts.com. And it says, out of this world. Yes, And I agree. And this is something that, with the new charter business we're starting up with Singularis, um, there will be a box of Jupiter Donuts on every charter if we are fishing out of Jupiter. Okay. I will guarantee that. There will be a box of Jupiter Donuts there. And uh, other than that, you know, so, but I'm excited about that too. Working with Black Book and mm-hmm. getting the boats out for charter and working with you on our apparel. And yep. So we yeah we got a we got a cool apparel yeah. program coming up. Right? We're gonna, we're we gonna forgot to that. talk about that. No, it's fine, dude. Yeah. I just want to just throw it in there a little bit because sure. uh, for the longest time, you know, we've had inquiries, people reaching out to us. They want to fish on Singularis. They want to buy some T-shirts. They want to. So um, the boss, uh, you know, got wind of that and thought about it for a while, and he said, "Why don't Why don't I give people the opportunity to charter the boats? And we're going to use Black Book charters." Or mm-hmm. the charter of the boats. Dates are going to be fairly limited. Um, but uh, we will have So for, for anyone want, that wants to charter the boat, they can go to blackbookcharters.com? Blackbookcharters.com. It will be going, we will be going up with a schedule July 1st. Okay. July 1st, after we all get back from the Big Rock. And I got to tell you, I got to give them a plug, guys. I mean, if you want an opportunity, mm-hmm. I mean, as if we didn't just sell Bayless enough, to, <laughs> to have a fishing experience of a lifetime. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not every day you get to fish on a boat like this. No, no, it's, it's not. And we're also putting up our 43-foot Jupiter, which is probably the most specked out Jupiter ever built. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Steven Rivero is going to be running that boat with Pete. Pete Michelle is going to be working that too. Um, highly encourage people if they want to catch their first swordfish and they're in the Palm Beach area or anything like that, we'll try to direct them to the right time, the right moon, the right, you know, right scene for it. And uh, Steve, yeah, you don't want to just pick a random you time. Can, you you got to be calculated if you, you want to convert. Fishing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Steven is, is a heck of a fisherman. And um, he comes from Miami, actually just moved up to Palm Beach to work with us. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. We're excited to have him. He'll be running that boat with Pete. And then I'll be on the 68 with yep. uh, probably Pete and Steve. And then uh, we'll have a stewardess on the 68 as well to, you know, grill burgers, serve drinks. Things like that. Very nice. So, Very nice. So should be cool. So some of you guys that follow the studio um, know that we, we do custom work all day long. Um, that's really kind of the meat. Like, yeah, I'm a painter. But really, the the meat of our business is doing custom apparel, um, you know, for, for for you know operations just just like yours, mm-hmm. you know, we're in big boats and yeah, sport fishing vessels and things like that. So we're going to be doing something a little bit unique um, with the Singularis family here, to where we're yes, we're going to be doing a custom um, job for them, but um, we're also you know coming up with a line of apparel yeah. that we will have for sale on our website. Yep. You're going to handle all our apparel. Right. We're going to try to do, we're going to start out with a couple different custom designs, mm-hmm. see how those go over in the store and, um, you know, keep making more. Yep. So absolutely. just depending on the season, we'll drop a new shirt, you know, a new hat, a new buff. Um, yep. We're going to see, you know, we're just starting up and see where it ends up, but I think it'll be cool. Yeah, no, we're excited about it. Yeah, you know, it's, awesome. it's a new venture for us. It's, you know, it's, you know. When we were discussing it, I got real excited about it. Yeah, I think it's going to be you great. Know, so we're things, excited, too. That Connected by Water are always trying to do things a little differently, take on new angles to the industry yeah, and, and try new things. And You got to you know, grow. Got to grow. Got to grow. If you ain't growing, <laughs> got to grow, bro. That's what she said. <laughs> God, you set me up. I think it's time. <laughs> oh, my God. Boy, oh, boy. What and time we, are you leaving for Big Rock? Oh. Uh, what time am I leaving for North Carolina? Yeah. Tomorrow? Like 4 a.m. 4 a.m. tomorrow. Hoping to have a burger at Blue Water Grill in Manio mm-hmm. and uh, fall asleep and get to the yard at 7 a.m. and start yeah. going at it. You got room for a stowaway? <laughs> Two, come on. <laughs> we always have room. Two? <laughs> we're we're going to get halfway there. And I'm going to be like, and I'm going to like come up on board, like, you know, like Helen and Troy, like, hey, I'm on board. <laughs> Tom- tomorrow I'm going to bring the cheap champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, dude. Yeah, you go. Go oh, oh, oh. Don't worry about it. We're getting sloppy. That's all right. It's time. My uh, goal is for this thing to smell like a spring break bar at the end of every podcast. <laughs> Should have brought a cheap bottle and just sprayed it all over. But I got to be honest. Is that it? We down the whole bottle? The bottle's gone, dude. It's gone. Do you want orange juice with yours or are you? Yeah. Am, am I weak? I'm going to put orange You were about to say something. Nah, we just, we got <laughs> you it. hesitated there. It's good orange juice, man. All right. It's oh. got to be the Florida orange juice. It is the yep. Florida orange juice. It's yep. Natalie's. They sell this at uh, Jupiter Donuts, good. too. Yeah. Oh, it is? Yeah. I bought this, and I put it in my fridge, and my daughter's like, no, not that kind. I want the Tropicana. No. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> it's fine. No, thanks. Family-owned, freshly squeezed. Yeah, man. Just how I like everything. <laughs> <laughs> Ready work, buddy. <laughs> we'll catch you in the fishing, man. Into fishing? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was from growing up, like like I said. And Were you catching, like, crappies and... Uh, bass. Smallmouth yeah. bass, perch. Yeah. You know, with my dad camping as a yeah. kid. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, we, we purchased a home in St. Augustine, I think, when I was like 
10. I love that town. It's bad. It's the best. It's, it's I, like just, my wife and I are going to retire there. I mean, if I didn't have so many roots here professionally, yep. I, I would just up and live yeah. there now. We've looked. We it's, almost did it. It um, it's 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 expand. It's way different than when I grew up there. Yeah, like way different. So we bought that house there. I think when I was ten, then we would intermittently go. You know, spring breaks, long vacations, long, whenever we could get away with school, and then ended up just finally moving to the Jacksonville St. Augustine area. <laughs> later in the teens and, and, but I would always just eyeball the fishing docks and the fishing boats. And, and, you know, I finally got to go out, I think I was like 16. I got to go out, caught my first Mahi, mm-hmm. missed a sail and that was, that was it. Yeah. That was it. You know, and, um, it, it just overall boats though, in general, not just, not just fishing boats. Like I, right. I was, I love boats, mm-hmm. motor yachts, sport fishing boats, all of it. You know, I, I, I enjoy running the sport fishing boats more than running motor yachts. I've done both um, just because of the relationship and the atmosphere. Right. And, and the fact, it's like a sport. Like mm-hmm. you're out doing something with a team and mm-hmm. the interaction is much different than a motor yacht. But I love the showmanship of the motor yachts. There's and some I, beautiful vessels out they're there. They're gorgeous. And, and the discipline the crews have and the level of excellence you, you have to have, the way you keep your stuff, the boats are just incredible. I had the opportunity. I actually worked for the owner of Burger Boat Works for about a year and a half on one of his boats. And there was no fishing involved whatsoever, <laughs> but it, it really gave me an eye of what excellence really looked like in that form. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it was a great opportunity. Um, but after long enough doing that, I had to like get back into <laughs> fishing. Yeah, my, um, my father-in-law is a, um, he's a scout boat dealer up in New huh? Jersey. Um, but he's just a lover connoisseur of of yeah. all boats he really is mm-hmm. so every year um he comes down you know his parents my wife's grandparents live in north miami beach so every year he plans a trip around the miami boat show yep so every year i walk the boat show with him and i love doing that with my father-in-law it's really a time and just the two of us do it she doesn't come just the, that's a, that's a day for me to for spend sure. with my father-in-law and i love my father-in-law like he he's we're real we're super tight. He's like a very good friend of mine. Like he's become like we've become good friends. That's awesome. And um, you know, that is our day. And we just walk that and and he starts pointing out boats to me mm-hmm. that I would never yeah ever look at. You know, and he would start pointing out details. Look at the the sheer line of that one and you know, look at you know look at the way that one just sits in the water. Oh, look at that, you know. Cause up in New York and New Jersey where he's at <laughs> They look at vessels completely differently For than sure. the way we do here, you know, sure. and, and, and that is the truth. It's like, you know, even right down to like boat wraps, it's almost like they're non-existent up there. No, we're, we're like, we're wrapping like boats like crazy down uh, here and up there. They're like, what's a boat wrap? Yeah. They, it's, it's, it's more, much more traditional, yeah. you know, and a cool, there's some really cool places I've gotten to go and <clears throat> the Cape and Boston, Cape Cod and all those areas up around Boston to see the boats and the, the, the varnish, mm-hmm. the paint, the upholstery. Just yeah. so classy, man. It's you just, see some uh, of those old Chris Crafts? are just awesome. so they pretty, built, man. Chris Craft, those boats were built like uh, 20 miles from where I grew up in Michigan, in Holland, Michigan. Is that where they're? Yeah. I didn't well, know they, they, built they, they, they had, yeah, Chris Crafts were built in Holland, Michigan, and up in northern central Michigan for the longest time. My grandfather had, I think it was a 54-foot Chris Craft constellation, mm-hmm. a, wood, a wood boat. Um, I never got to go on it. It was gone by the time I was around, but I saw pictures and so our whole family was just in into that, you know, into that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but no, like <clears throat> you go to Sag Harbor, you know, the Hamptons, see this stuff, the showmanship, the the boats, just it's beautiful, man. Yeah. And it, it, it that that classic reminds me of like the North Carolina too. 
right. like the way John does it, the way Ricky does it, the way Paul Mann does it, you know, Paul Spencer, the showmanship. It's the same, it's the same spirit behind it. You know, it's just in a fishing form. It's interesting so, to go to the custom shootout. Oh, and, cool. and then because you know, I've been, I've been the artist of that for mm-hmm. a few times. And um, so, you know, Skip always flies the artist over and gets That's to spend awesome. the whole week there. And it's really interesting to see, you know, your, your Paul Spencer and, yeah. and your John Bayless and like all these guys in the same room, just chumming it up with each other. It's crazy. Isn't you know, it? Yeah. It's like, you know, no <laughs> ill will or nothing like that. We're all just, you know, custom boat builders and they're all just, what could, you know, what could go wrong? You know, what could be, what could be horrible about the life that they live? But, you know, it, it's just interesting to see that that kind of design power in one room. Uh, the best part of that crowd, too, is, like, they're all badass fishermen. Yeah. I mean, John Bayless will put a whooping on you. On the Tar Heeler? Oh, dude. Yeah. Like, the, I see what they do in Costa Rica, and every, even last summer up in the Northeast and stuff, they're, they're just phenomenal fishermen. And um, that plays into how they build their boats. They know, they know what they need them for, what they, do, what they should do, what they shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. It's just super cool, man. Yeah. I remember the, the first time I met John Bayless, I called him Mr. Bayless. Yeah. How you doing, Mr. Bayless? <laughs> he hated it. <laughs> he told me like four times, my name's John. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, Mr. Bayless. So that's if anybody just, meets him, say, hey, Mr. Bayless. <laughs> it's indicative of the industry, I think, overall. You know, sure. it's, it's one of my favorite parts about the industry in general is just the laid back attitude that most people yeah. have. Approachability. Approachability. It's not stuffy. Um, you know, we're all just... Uh, when we first opened up the studios, I really pondered for like a half a day, just naming it Play Money Studios, because we're not curing cancer. No offense. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, you, I, I mean, you know, that's that's not what, you know, we're we're doing fun things for fun people. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie about that. And that's, no. that's one of, that's my favorite part of the business mm-hmm. is that I'm not, you know, no one's life is on the line here. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we know, and I'll openly admit that, you know, I love this, that part of the business that mm-hmm. it's like, you know. That we don't have to take too seriously. No. You know, but it's stressful because you got to keep up with a whole ton of projects that we have and and all things like that. But at the end of the day, you're you're dealing with people's, you know, enthusiastic, you know, and and making dreams come true in in, in visual form. Yeah. And that's, you know, my guys, you know, they're, my guys do a great job. I mean, what we ask of them and and how they can switch, like they are kite fishing last week here. Now they're going up to fish blue marlin at big rock. The the diversity in that group Mm -hmm. of guys that we put together is incredible. We'll go to, Mm -hmm. got to go to Costa Rica, be competitive. We got to go to South Florida, kite fish and be competitive, which we're working on. That's, that's where we're trying to grow the most. But then we go to the Northeast, be competitive. Um, But those guys, like they get so worked up and every once in a while I have to kind of pull them back in and go, dude, we're just fishing. Like, we're just fishing. That's it, man. Like, and if you're uptight, you're not going to even be good at fishing. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I got one of the, I have one of the best, cap, two of the best captains in this room once a month, mm-hmm. right? And Skip Dana and, and Art I feel Sapp. Like, I feel like I'm, like, it's a little intimidating sitting where Art Sapp sits. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's it's a little good. intimidating. It, it is. <laughs> Art's the man. Oh. Art's the man. Skip's the man. Right. I don't know Skip that much. Skip's awesome. Uh, yeah. Skip Art's runs. Really cool. Skip runs Surreal. Okay. Um. You know the fifty three mm-hmm. Sueños. Yep. And um. He also has the, you know the fish city, um. Pride there. Okay. The, the, the gotcha. And he that's been family owned for a while. Um. You know, and he's just a well accomplished fisherman. He actually used to fish with Art on the Native Sun. Actually, when it was liquid. Okay. I remember um, that. Yeah. And um. You know. 
those guys are some of the coolest heads on the water and some of the most accomplished captains there is there are <laughs> and we talk about it all the time on you know nothing good comes from making an angler nervous mm-hmm. you know and nothing good comes from you know, you're not going to be efficient on the water if you're yelling at everybody because nope. people will make mistakes you're going to rattle people mm-hmm. you know and you know on top of it why do you want to be like that? No, you don't. You don't. You know, why are you harboring all that that negative energy and well, that hate on the boat? You, don't, you know, and it's a it's a well known and said thing. Like you talk about, obviously we don't like to talk about people behind their back, but conversation happens, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, so and so he's a yeller." Mm-hmm. They're a yeller, and I <clears throat> I had a yeller. I got yelled at. I screwed up a lot too, though. <laughs> he was yelling because I sucked that bad, um, but <laughs> I did. I was horrible. I love your humility, John. <laughs> I was horrible, dude. Captain's, I won't even give the name, but he's a great guy from California. He taught me a lot, and I, I actually called him like 10 years down the road and said, hey, I apologize for being such a jerk, and, you know, I hope we can, you know, reconnect. I really appreciate everything you taught me because yeah. we didn't leave on good terms. But that being said, you know, it's in, uh, it in the cockpit. It's on the teaser. You know, I got the pitch out. I got the pitch out, and I Sancocho it, you know, or I bird's nest it and yell, yell, yell. And, you know, my guy, I, I won't yell at him. I Mm -hmm. will not yell at them because I want them to be confident the next time they pick up that pitch or the next time they go for a feed on the kite or then I want them to be confident and not distracted. I don't want them to think they don't need to be thinking about me yelling at them while they're doing that. They need to focus on what they're doing. Right. So you almost have to consider like their hands as a conduit for your voice. For sure. In, in, in everything from fighting a fish, everything that's, that's one thing I love with technology now is we wear headsets the whole day. Yeah. So, like, for instance, on the 90, we had to wear headsets because it's just too big. You couldn't right. you couldn't talk and conversate. But, like, say the guy in the tower would call him out. He'd say he's on the left. He's on the left long. He moved up to the left short. All He's on the teaser. There's two of them, and they're talking in normal voice. All right, so-and-so's got the pitch out. So-and-so's reeling in the short. Put it into a corner this way. Boom, boom, boom. And it's just controlled precision. And and then once the fish is hooked up, all right, let's bring them in, set it up. Dredges mm-hmm. are hanging, and then we're in business. There's nothing good that happens from yelling in the cockpit. Right. There's nothing. Like, I mean, some boats have to because you don't have headsets, and you have to yell from the tower. But even yelling from the tower, like, man, it's like, there he is. You, you don't hear what side he's on. What You know there's a fish back there, but you don't know. And nowadays, <clears throat> because of technology, which is something I work, I, I try to do my best in balances. My head's in the dash a lot. My head's in the dash a lot with the Omni sonar, mm-hmm. with the bottom machine, all that stuff going on. My head is in that dash way more than it used to be before we had these things. So the guys up in the tower are really my eyes, you know? So the, 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 the communication is key. Mm-hmm. Like the calm, calculated, professional communication is key. Yelling does not get anything done. No, you know it's kind of like kind of like if you were to run a SEAL team. <laughs> I don't. I'm not even gonna compare what I right? do to that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like it's like you, I'm sure you'd hear, it, or even like a 911 dispatch. Yeah, you know, um, you would hear. Oh, we got the perpetrator. Oh, we got this. We got you know. Oh, he's running down the alley there. Not like he's running down the alley. Get him! I see him on the film. You know, they're like, no, he's going here. And then the people get that information. They react yeah. to it. Dude, it's it's the same. Even with even with boat handling. Like, you know, I, I told you I ran motor yachts up to 145 feet. And, um, you know, putting those boats in certain places can be pretty nerve-wracking. You think? But, yeah. My <laughs> yeah, buddy Jim Steele's got to deal with that all the time, it. especially during the boat oh, show. Oh, Jimmy Steele's yeah. awesome, man. Uh, but, you know, try pulling into places like the Wentworth in New Hampshire where the current's running like 10 knots. And it's like, I mean, 
I've never seen a place like that where the yeah. tide's going up and down 14, 15 feet a day and you've got 125 feet, you know, a boat. When you're talking to your crew, you know, you have to know your mooring plan, where the lines are going to be laid out, which one's going to the dock first, which one's priority. Hey, if, if things go bad, and as a captain, you need to know, well, if I lost this engine or if I lost, you know, the bow thruster, how would I maneuver, what line? So those yeah. are all the things going through my head while I'm going to a dock with something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the sport fishing boats are much different because they're they're really agile. They're very, it's a much different approach to, to driving them. You're driving them, you're not piloting them. Right. With a yacht, you have to pilot it. You have to know really where it's going to drift, how much wind's in the air. You have to be aware of all those things. You have to set up your fenders, your lines, and you have to communicate to your crew calmly and, and let them know. Because if you're up there freaking out, they're not going to be confident. Their hands are going to be fumbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's all in all. It, it encompasses everything. Yeah. The, the more calm you are, the more you can communicate properly. I wouldn't want to be responsible for that. <laughs> I tell you what, it taught me a lot, man. I bet. It taught me a lot. You think? And it, well, it put, it put me in a position to get back into sport fishing on the Singularis because mm-hmm. it wasn't a position that, you know, a lot of guys have their thing they love to do, but if you're going to drive a 90-foot boat with five full-time crew and, and, and go all over the world, like there's a certain amount of experience you have to have to do that. And yeah. not to mention the machinery on that boat it mimics everything we have on everything we had on a 120, 110, 130. The Singularis had the exact same stuff. I mean, if you, if you consider like, you know, just from, you know, your skill set standpoint mm-hmm. that you just mentioned, right? And then, you know, you have to have the right demeanor to mesh with ownership. Um and just, you know, you know, being a good person and, you know, just being able to run a team professionally and, mm-hmm. you know, have, having your ducks in a row from that standpoint you try um mm-hmm. yeah you try it's, you know but you but yeah, i think humility is a big factor in yeah. that you know and, and just being realistic about what's going on mm-hmm. you know um and you know you're a rare breed john <laughs> you know? no i mean i mean that you know I and, you, and, and, and um, you know I'm, I'm impressed and i'm happy to have you here on the show yeah man you oh, know? No, it was fun yeah so sure. anything you want to cover here before we uh oh dude i just appreciate you having me here man no nah, man it was it was nice you know yeah. I, i'm glad you opened up to us about the um all that personal you know, yeah, stuff dude. that you had to go through and anytime, you know, and I'm glad you shared that with the audience and, you know, cause right now I'm sure there's someone going through that struggle dude, for um, sure. or there has a family member going through that struggle right now. Day, and, man. um, you know, look at, look at in front of you, you know, with a positive attitude, yeah, you know, and you keep your faith, um, you know, you can get through it for sure, you know, and just, you got to fight. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, fear takes away freedom. Freedom gives it. life. Or that uh, Mike Tyson, <laughs> you turn your fear into fire. Exactly. Right? Turn your fear into fire, right? Yeah, and, and don't ever doubt yourself. And don't ever doubt the people that you have in your circle. Exactly. And believe in them too, right? Good living. Don't you think so, John? Yes, sir. Hey, John. Right. Want another donut? Maybe later. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, know- be st- they'll be staring at me all day. <laughs> I noticed that. With John having the most today, there's not as many notes written down as I usually. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's I'm fine. Kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's fine. I'm kidding. <laughs> Thanks for having okay. me, guys. I appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. Thank you for coming. All right. Your ego is not your amigo. Right? <laughs> Always do your best and let God do the rest. Right? Remember that if you're in the market for a vehicle, especially a Ram truck, go see Joey, Joey Cardi, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Talk to my man, Dean. He will hook you up and tell him I sent you. It's very important you do that. All right. And uh, don't ever forget that um, to always eat, drink, and be local. Papa's Raw Bar is doing their best right now to get open. They are really working hard at 
um, keeping everything safe and keeping everything sound, right? They opened up their sushi last week, so stop by. They're not doing sit-downs yet until June, but they do have a full menu for you to get and pick up, right? So please support our, our local friends here at Papa's Raw Bar and um, Papa's Fish House. So and remember that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're always connected by water, brother. <laughs> Thanks, John. Hey, thank you. Thank <clears throat> you.